0: Hello, 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 and welcome to our percolated youth podcast with Evie and Mo in times of COVID when you need it most, just like coffee, I think is all the words that I'm going to use for it. Um, I've got my coffee, Evie's got her coffee, we've got our guest. It's going to be a a great and wonderful session. Um, Thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of it. Uh, Evie, say hello. Hello. How's everybody doing? I hope you've all had a good week. Uh, Yeah, my week's been all right. Not. uh, (laughs) But I'll tell you all about it one day um, (laughs) soon to do like a catch-up of... Mo's crazy week and Evie's crazy week. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we've had, uh, yeah, it's been fun. But we're going back to church um, soon. By the time you probably listen to this, uh, churches will be open in the Anglican space. So, yeah, maybe things will calm down a yeah. little bit more after that. Um, so I've got a guest. Uh, we've got a guest for you um, on this podcast today. Uh, he is a longtime time known friend, acquaintance um, that I've had for quite a while. He used to be a, a Methodist. Uh, and I use the word specifically used to be a Methodist because he saw the light um, <laughs> and he figured out that music was a way better way to to praise the Lord. But I call him the John Wesley of our time. Wow. Um, so if you know who John Wesley is, then you'll kind of understand the conversation for today. Um, and his name's John van der La. Uh, Say hello, John. How are you?
1: Hi. Hi, Mo. Hi, Yvette. Great to be with you guys and everybody who's listening. Looking forward to the conversation today.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, So just to kick off um, with a very basic and simple question um, to you, John. When you think of God, what comes to mind for you? How much time do we have? Is that a simple (laughs) question? It's a very simple question. You know, do you think of puppies? Do you think of, um, you know, beautifully mown fields? Uh,
1: All of the above and more. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, I think for me,
1: uh, my journey uh, really has been one of uh, trying to answer that question in many ways. And, uh, you know, the the old kind of idea of, you know, the old man in the sky with a long beard who, you know, conveniently, in terms of who I am, was always a white man. you know, that that died a long time ago for me. And um, I remember a moment that was quite profound for me was reading a book by Annie Dillard. And I can't remember which of her books it was. I think it was in Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, but I could be mistaken. But there's just a one-liner that she put out in the book where it says, the consciousness of the universe, that's what we call God. Hmm. And I remember, mind blown, And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to explore this more. And, and so spent time really investigating consciousness and how that works in the universe. And it's been a wonderful, a wonderful journey. I mean, you know, obviously I define consciousness quite broadly. So you discover the trees communicate with each other uh, in all sorts of amazing ways. That's a form of consciousness. Animals obviously have a form of consciousness. And I've really come to the conclusion that we do live in a conscious universe um and and that essentially that universal consciousness uh for me is is one of the ways I understand god um then there are things like uh, you know i people often find it strange that i'm a person of faith but also i believe very strongly in in evolution as the 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 explanation for how things came to be and yes. and for me when when i think about the force that drives evolution whatever that thing is um and, and I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's some understanding around it from a scientific perspective, but there's also, you know, what makes things evolve in the way they do? Uh, what, what set the universe on this course of evolution? For me, that's another way I think of God. God is the, the kind of driving force of evolution. And, and, and the evolutionary process consists of, of kind of three forces, if you like. There's the force of life that brings things into being. There's, mm-hmm. there's the force of death. where where things die and make way for new life and and nothing dies without new life growing out of it. That's been, you know, that's why I believe in resurrection because, Mm. you know, anything that dies, there's there's birth that comes out of that death. And then the third, the third force is, is, is the, what I would call the force of love. It's about connectedness and, and interrelatedness. And, and so for me that, that, you know, to think of evolution in terms of life, death, and love, that speaks to me of, of, the way God is described in Scripture, uh, you know, God is love. God is the source of life. Um, and and God is the one who brings life out of death. And and death and life, you know, Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. Death and life are not separate, different things. They're two parts of one coin. Uh,
0: yes, it's, it's all part of the same thing, which exactly. makes, um, you know, that kind of understanding of death, I, I think, a, a very powerful thing when you understand right. that there is more to it after that.
1: Right, very
0: um, much. So I think then that actually brings me to exactly the point yeah. um, where I can ask you a, a little bit about your new adventure that you're starting. Yeah. Um, for, for people who, who don't know you, yeah. Um I think the the best example that I have of you is when uh way back when I think we had we had met before that mm-hmm. but we we really started to get in touch um after a session that you had done with some of our Anglican priests yeah. in the diocese you came to do one of the um Like priest trainings uh, that we have. And you focused quite a lot on the the liturgy that we have within our Anglican church. And it it was quite interesting watching a Methodist minister (laughs) teaching Anglican priests about liturgy. Um, I, I enjoyed that with all my heart and soul, <laughs> um, just to see the look on their faces. Uh, they, it was like you, you had a whole bunch of children in the palm of your hands and you were teaching them something new and exciting, uh, which was really, really fun to watch. And just your conversation around the way that we do church and and the way that we have, um, structured church within our lives. And now I know that you're on a new Adventure, yeah. In terms of the way that we do church, and in terms of the way that we apply our faith in the world, right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming for me, um, at least a decade of of wrestling with 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 a single question, um, and and that that question is this: What does church look like? Or, or, or let me maybe not use the word church because as i'll probably explain just now i have a little bit of a conflicted relationship with with the word church mm, um, mm. so so let me I, I like to refer to it as as a spiritual community rather uh and, and when i refer to what i'm doing as a, as a spiritual community mm, um, mm. And, and so what i've been looking at is the question of what does spiritual community look like in the digital age in the 21st century uh, and, and part of the, that question arose out of looking at church. And, and, you know, I've been in church. I was in ministry for 30 years uh, in various shapes and forms. Uh, I was part of the church almost my whole life. And, and I, having been part of the church, the one thing that I noticed is that the, the, the way things happen in church has really not changed in hundreds of years. You know, the, the, the style of music may have changed. But, but the essence of the way church functions in society has, has really not changed much. Apart from the odd pocket here and there, it really hasn't changed much in hundreds of years. Mm. And, mm. and alongside that, I've been seeing for, again, more than a decade, constantly online, articles, podcasts, people talking about how the church is in decline, how people are leaving the church. Uh, how the average age of the church in many countries is about 20 years older than the average age of the population of the country they're in. <laughs> you know, young people yes. are just not finding a, a home in church. Um, and, and many of them are, are leaving church altogether. They're not leaving faith. They're not leaving spirituality. They're, they're not leaving God. Many of them still find the whole Christ story and, and the gospel that, that, that Jesus proclaimed and lived very compelling they just don't find the church a great place to work with that hmm. and so i've been asking myself on one side why is that the case and on the other side well what do we do about it and for a long time i tried to work within the church to address those needs and prov- provide a space where we could do things differently and and I just i just found it wasn't possible um, for for various reasons and so i began to imp- Imagine and dream a little about doing something a little differently. And uh, for ten years, I, I investigated and explored, and 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 finally, last year, first of December, Advent Sunday, twenty nineteen, mm. I launched what what is what is called Evo Faith. Uh, the website is evofaith.com. Uh, and and we launched that. And then at on Ash Wednesday this year, twenty twenty, uh, end of February twenty twenty, we launched the community side. Where we actually set up what we call the Evo Faith Tribe, uh, where where we have an online community which now has about sixty five members, um, where we we're kind of exploring. I call it a new evolution of spiritual community. The word Evo stands for evolutionary and evolving. Um, so it's both a dynamic community that's constantly changing and evolving as we work out how to do this together, but it's mm. also an evolutionary community in the sense that. One of the fundamental principles is that we believe that science is one of the ways we encounter God. Uh, the truths of science are are valid truths that teach us and lead us, and that affect our spirituality. I'm actually writing a whole blog blog series at the moment around how science and faith interact. So that's a that's a fundamental value that we work with in in the site in the community. Is is that you know we're not anti science. Uh, and we're not anti-gay, we're not anti-black, we're not anti-Muslim, we're not anti-anything. It's an inclusive space where everyone is welcome. Uh, the only kind of rule is you don't diss anybody, you know, don't troll anybody. Treat We treat one another with respect and grace and kindness. And other than that, you can believe whatever and we are open to that conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, can I ask, yes. how does that online community work?
1: Um, yeah. Well, uh, th- we're still in the early stages. Uh, we're in the inception stage, but but essentially, w- what we've done is uh, it's a free community. Uh, we we were working with different models of how it was going to work, and we've just made the final decision that that it will remain free, uh, and it will be funded in other ways. Um, but anybody anybody who wants to be part of it can go to EVAFOTH evofaithtribe.com. send us uh, 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 a request to to join the tribe. I check that out and and then let them in as long as they're not kind of major red flags. But I mean, really, you just have to tell me why you want to be there and and then you're in. Um, And then what happens is it's a wonderful platform. We work with a a platform called Mighty Networks, uh, which, which drives online communities in all sorts of industries and all sorts of places. It's a wonderful platform. It has a a, a mobile app as well so people can access the tribe through their phones or their tablets or their computers. And uh, there are a couple of features to it. Um, Because it's a spiritual community, I I put out a video every week that is a kind of guide for spiritual practice for the week. It's about 15 minutes of video of which about five minutes is a bit of an input around a a particular theme that we're working through. At the moment, we're talking specifically about living through COVID and some of the challenges of being in the pandemic. And so I'll give a bit of input around that, but it starts usually with some spiritual practice of preparation and grounding and and, uh, just opening ourselves up to connect with, with the divine, to connect with ourselves, with one another, then there's a bit of input and then always a bit of a response to that and then how do we integrate this into the way we live in the rest of the week and and so that video goes out every week and then we have conversations and people can either post by text uh, we've just launched now two monthly zoom meetings that we're going to be doing where people can meet face to face the one is just the kind of get to know you thing the other one we're calling a cosmic conversation we will kind of talk about spirituality, theology, life, the universe, everything. Uh, that's going to start actually next Wednesday will be our first one. Uh, and so in all these ways, p- tribe members can contact each other directly through the, through the, through the, the, the app, uh, or you can comment on stuff that's out there. Whatever I post on my website in terms of blog posts, that also gets posted in the tribe. And, and we just chat and people connect. Down the line, as the tribe grows and matures, I can see small groups forming within the tribe where people will then support each other, care for each other. Um, and those groups can be either online or offline. You know, if, if, if somebody has a group of friends and they want to meet once a week in the home, watch the video together, chat about it together, and then be involved in some way in giving back to their community, that's, that's awesome. If people want to connect online and they decide to kind of watch the video at the same time, and then meet via Zoom and talk about it. That's also great. You know, it really is open-ended. One of the things about the tribe is that we've broken free of the idea of geography. You don't have to live in the same place. You don't have to go to the same building in order to worship together. And we've broken free of time. You don't have to show up at church at nine o'clock on Sunday or else you miss worship. (laughs) It's there. It's on demand. You can download it. Our videos are designed to be interactive, so people are doing things. If I light a candle on the video, I invite people to have a candle that they light with me. Whatever I do, I invite them to do so they're interacting with the video the whole time. There are questions I ask that I sometimes will say, pause the video and spend some time reflecting. So we try to make it as interactive as we can. People can engage at whatever time suits them. You don't have to do it on Sunday. You can do it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, whatever, three o'clock in the morning if you want to. Wherever you are in the world, we have tribe members in the UK, Canada, the US, um, uh, lots around different parts of South Africa. Uh, So it it really, we have somebody, I think, from, uh, where was it? It was Belgravia or somewhere like that in Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and it's wonderful because what's happening is people are connecting with all these different backgrounds and perspectives and we're learning from each other uh and Mm. and and you know they're, they're no gatekeepers nobody's sitting there saying you have to believe this you can't believe that uh you have to worship like this you can't worship like that uh and tribe members are beginning you know in the beginning i was generating most of the content i'm still generating most of it but but little by little the tribe members are warming up they're starting to comment more they're starting to post if they see an article they like they'll post it if they Some people have posted pictures of some of their own spiritual practices and what they've done. Uh, Others have told stories of of things that they've been doing recently in their own spiritual journey. It's a very exciting space to be. It's dynamic. It's creative. uh, And it's very different from anything I've experienced in in any other kind of spiritual community that I've been part of.
0: That does sound very, very different um, to a lot of uh, almost ways that that we understand and express our spirituality. Um, so I, I, I have to play devil's advocate sure. a, a little bit, John, yeah. um, and, and just ask those questions that um, are running through my mind in terms of you know the the, the structured church as we know it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sitting with a, a, a church that. I go to and work for yeah. that's very excited to go back to the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've spent a lot of time during COVID becoming very digital. Yeah. We we have put in a lot of effort and, and a lot of time yeah. to really grow our digital space. If it wasn't for COVID, myself and Evie would not be doing this podcast. Right. You know, we wouldn't have this space where we're having these kinds of conversations with you as well. Right. But the Biggest draw and the biggest pull to us saying, you know, we we want to go back to the building, we want to be in that building space. Is the you know that big element of fellowship that you get from the church yeah. experience, yeah. The, the the cup of tea afterwards, and um, the 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 chit chat with uh, extended family, um, friends, people that you're almost in a way acquainted to, right. um, you know, h- how do you deal with that in a digital space? I guess kind of two,
1: two perspectives that I would offer. The one is, is my personal one, which, which maybe I'll, I'll do second. The other one is just interacting with some of the people in the tribe and how they're wrestling with exactly that question. Mm. Uh, we, we have a couple of people in the tribe who, uh, many people in the tribe are part of traditional institutional churches in some way or yes. other. Um, in fact, I have a number of people who are clergy in, in their churches uh, and who are, are part of the tribe um, as well. And so, I mean, for, you know, I have no doubt that the church as it exists will, will, will probably exist certainly for the rest of my lifetime. And, and probably for a very, very long time. Mm. Uh, I, I think lots of people need that. The world we're in, lots of people want that, that face-to-face connection and communication. So, you know, I see that happening. And I see for some people, the transition to the online space is quite difficult. Um, and when we do the Zoom conversations, we've had a couple of informal ones. We're now kind of formalizing them by doing them once a month. When we do those things, I have seen that there are some people who kind of jump into that and, oh, it's great to actually see another face, even if it is on a screen, to actually see you and talk to you and, and to talk by talking rather than by typing, you know. Yes, um, yeah, just live. Yeah, so, mm. so there, 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 there is that element to it. What, what, What's great for me is that, you know, we do now have the technology that we can use things like Zoom. and And, yes, there's not the tactile, you know, I'm giving you a hug or I'm, You know, but we've had meetings where we said to people, you know, make sure that you have your drink of choice with you, like bring a cup of coffee and you actually, you know, you're chatting with people and, and they're sitting in their lounge, you're sitting in your lounge or whatever, and you watch them drinking their coffee while you're drinking yours and you're talking and it's a conversation and it works phenomenally well. So I think there's, there's a a shift to beginning to understand that we can function effectively in community In a different way, without all necessarily being in the same space. Now, I suspect that for some people, that's never going to be enough, Uh, and that's why my hope would be that down the line with Evo Faith, people might be part of the site for those kinds of group chats and for engaging with the spiritual practices and the inputs and what people are posting. But they will bring that maybe into a small group of friends and family that that they will meet with. Not as a church, but just they're part of Evo Faith. But this is their small group, you know, and they meet once a week or or, or once a month or or whenever they feel like it, and they will then do the face to face thing there, um, mm, and like a home soul type of thing. That's kind of like that, yeah,
0: yes, and, yes. And when
1: those groups happen, one of the things I hope will happen is that they will that they will see themselves as as kind of part of the community. But also that they'll see themselves as having a responsibility to to serve their, their 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 neighborhood, their town, their whatever in some way, that 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 there's some real world impact through that that group. And 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 yeah. You know, so for me, Evo Faith, I I, I really hope long term it becomes something where the people who are part of Evo, Evo Faith have some kind of impact on on the on the real world. You know. Uh, and I say real world, I'm not saying the online world is not a real world. For me, it very much <laughs> is. Um, but you know what I mean, the kind of face-to-face physical world where, where people live. So I, I really am trying to break down the boundaries between the digital world and the physical world and say those two things can coexist and, and inter interconnect with each other. Yes, so, yes. So that's the one perspective. The other perspective is my own personal perspective. And I go back to – I'm trying to think it would have been uh, – wow what year was it uh i think it was around 20 2008 2009 okay uh, a very good friend of mine he was also a methodist minister we did a lot of music together we did a lot of training together a guy by the name of barry marshall was very involved in youth work um barry um had moved down to pe a couple of years before that time i'd moved to neisner uh, we were still connecting quite regularly. And one day Barry went out, uh, and I remember I was in Durban. I was, I was doing a, a seminar with, with a few churches in Durban. And so I was staying with some friends who didn't know Barry at all. And, and I got an S, a WhatsApp on my phone from a mutual friend that said Barry had gone out uh, on, his, on his sea kayak into the, into the Port Elizabeth Ocean, uh, and he had not returned. Wow. And, and there was this kind of terror that, that, that just grabbed my stomach. And, and, and a whole bunch of us, somebody set up a group of all the people that, that they could think of that knew Barry and others added, others into it. And there was a Facebook page that was set up and we were communicating via WhatsApp, via Facebook, via email. Um, and we were kind of following what was happening. And then, then um, the next morning early, I got the message they'd found his kayak, but he wasn't in it and a couple of hours later that they'd found his body and he drowned um in bad weather that had come up and um i mean he was he was young he was in his 30s at that stage i think Mm. and a gifted Mm. man left a wife and and young children behind and i mean my heart was broken he was a close friend of mine and uh, I, i remember grieving and being in this place where i could talk to my friends about it but they didn't know him they didn't really understand what i was going through but online Through WhatsApp and Facebook, I was part of a whole community of people that were sharing our grief around Barry's death. And and it was, for me, that was one of the most profound moments of community I've ever experienced.
0: Mm, Because everybody was together. Exactly.
1: But I wasn't, I wasn't physically connected with any one of them. We were all connecting through the digital space. And at that moment, I remember coming out of that and a couple of weeks later thinking to myself, If anybody ever says to me again that you cannot do true community online, I'm going to tell them nonsense because I've experienced (laughs) it. I know that you can.
0: Uh, This is the end of part one. Please join us next week for part two. I promise you it's going to be even more...